Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. going to have a quick sip of water before we get on. Oh, great. Yes, so we're doing our series, Great Expectations. Our second week, we're going in December and also into January as well. And who knows, we may even go beyond. Uh, it's a fantastic series for us. Obviously, it has all the connotations of Christmas and all the expectation around the season that we're in at this time. But it's also, for us as a church, um, there's all sorts of uh, things going on as, as we move into 2017. You know there's loads of things happening here. Uh, lots of change, lots of really uh, good, healthy, growing uh, elements to our church. And we're all excited. And so Great Expectations also feeds into that as well. And so it's a brilliant series for us and a great, great title. Mark, last week, he kicked the series off. He was talking about we need to be setting our expectations, both as individuals and also uh, corporately. Um, we also, uh, he also spoke about how our expectations are shaped by our experiences. So we know that um, when we have a new, a new experience, we get a new expectation. And that's really what I want us to challenge us uh, today, is to be open to a new expectation. There it is. Great. A new expectation. I want us to be open to having a new expectation. Um, why? Well, I think it's pretty straightforward, really. When God is moving, when God is doing something that he obviously is um, here at, at BCC and also in other places as well, then we need to stay in line with that. We need to um, uh, change our expectation in line with what God is doing. Okay, on where God is moving. Because all these changes, they're not really just made up out of Mark's head or, or our heads. We're not just thinking, oh, how can we change things? How can we shake things up? God is doing something. And to be honest, at times I feel like I'm kind of running to keep up with what he's doing. So it is really exciting. And, and we need to be open to a new expectation. And there are people uh, who will tell you not to raise your expectation. There are people who will tell you to keep your expectations low so that you don't get disappointed. I am not telling you that, okay? And, I, and in, in a way, they're right. If you want to avoid disappointment, then don't expect anything. But that's not a way to live and not, not a kingdom life. And that's not what God wants for us. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So two of you do. That's amazing. <laughs> Great. Okay, there are lots of reasons why people maintain low expectations, whether it's apathy or insecurity or just fear of, fear of failing, fear of being disappointed, fear of just wanting to keep in control. Pride can also get in the way. But actually, if our expectations are in the right place, are God-centered, okay, then we can raise them to a whole new level. And that's what I want us to do today. So we're going to look at the Christmas story, at the Nativity. I know this is a story that you all know really, really well. Uh, you may have well been to see some of your children's Nativity plays this year. There is no room at the inn, okay? <laughs> we all know the story. Um, 
and uh, it's very, very familiar to us. But I want us to have an open heart this morning because God has got a new expectation for us and we can learn new things. In fact, just this week uh, in our family uh, quiet time, one of my children said to me, how is it that a preacher can keep preaching week after week and have new things to say? And I was like, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm not sure that we can. Um, but no, it's, it's because the Bible is alive. And it's, li- it's a living thing. And we get revelation. We all do. Okay, when you read the Word of God, you get revelation. And you can read the same thing that you've read many times before. And suddenly, something new comes out of it. And that's my prayer this morning, that even though we're so familiar with this story, that it will bring something new. And drop something new in our hearts. Okay, so in the um, nativity story, there are a number of people who have an existing expectation. And God steps into the situation, gives them an encounter, and gives them a new expectation. So starting off with um, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Okay, Zachariah was a priest. Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. And uh, they have wanted to raise a family. They had an expectation that they would have children and raise a family, and uh, kind of build a home. Um, But over the years, that expectation has dwindled. As they've got older and older, um, and it hasn't happened for them, they've lived righteous lives. The Bible tells us that they obeyed all of God's commands. So, you know, they haven't done anything wrong, but their expectations haven't been met, and they're disappointed. And, you know, you get to a point, and I think they got to a point where... Because of their age, that expectation had now gone. But God is about to step into their world and give them a new expectation. Then Mary, we've got Mary who um, is due to get married. We know she and Joseph, uh, she's betrothed to Joseph, they're they're engaged to be married. And, you know, there's an expectation there. When you're uh, looking at getting married, you have an expectation of what your life is going to be like. And I'm sure they were thinking, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, get married, we're going to build a home, we're going to have a family, we're going to attend the synagogue, we're going to live a righteous life. We're going to just be a normal Jewish couple in the time and the place where we are, exist- where we are currently living. You know, they had a, kind of all the usual expectations. Well, God is about to step in and create a new expectation for Mary. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got the shepherds who are out on the hillside. They don't really have much of expectation of anything at all, really. They're the lowest rung on society, shepherds out on, out, outside, working outside, not educated. Um, you know, they, they've heard rumours about a Messiah at some point. They've heard prophecies and they've heard stories about the, the important people who were around at the time, all the, the rulers and the, the authority. And, um, but that's really nothing to do with them. Okay, they're just lowly shepherds. And so they have a low expectation of their life. In fact, they are thinking, oh, well, my dad was a shepherd on this very hillside. His dad was a shepherd on this hillside. His dad before him was. I expect my life will just be the same and keep, keep being the same. Well, God is about to step in and create a new expectation for the shepherds. And then, of course, you've got the Magi, the wise men, who have traveled all that distance from the east. They've come a long way. They've followed the signs in the sky. And they've got grander expectations. They're headed to Jerusalem, the capital city, uh, because uh, they're going to the palace, because obviously that's where a newborn king is going to be found. And not just a king. This is a really important king, because uh, you, know, you don't get 
stars and signs in the sky just for any old king. This has got to be the king of kings. And they want to come and find this king. So they go to the palace and they have an expectation of where this king is going to be found. Well, God is about to step in and is about to create a new expectation. Because that's what God does. God steps in. God steps in. God gives us an encounter. And he creates great expectations in us. We shouldn't really be surprised that he wants us to have higher expectations because he is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He has the whole world in his hands. And in fact, he can do far beyond anything that we can think. In Ephesians 3.20, a famous verse says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine or even expect according to his power that is at work in us, in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. He's got new things. He wants to give us a new expectation because we are his church and he deserves all the glory. So there's a good reason for us to have a new expectation. Um, now, if he was to give us a new expectation of something, but he didn't give us the capacity to see that expectation fulfilled, then we'd have a problem. We would feel dissatisfied. We would get disappointed. In fact, that would be rather cruel. But that's not who he is. That's not who our God is. Our God is someone who will plant a new expectation in us. And he will then give us the power and the potential to see that expectation fulfilled. What a great God. What a great God we serve. Okay, um, Charles, book, Charles Dickens' book, Great Expectations, um, where we got the title from this series from, it's a very famous story, uh, kind of a rags-to-riches story a little bit. Uh, there's a key moment in the story. I watched it this week, in fact, as preparation for this. I thought, I'm going to watch it again. Um, and I watched a, a TV, a BBC TV program about it. And there's a key moment uh, near the beginning where... Um, Pip, who's the main uh, protagonist, he's there. He's, he's an apprentice to a blacksmith, and he's in the blacksmith's forge. And a lawyer comes in to talk to him. And he says, Pip, you've got a secret benefactor. You've got somebody who's looking out for you. And he makes this statement. He says, from this moment forward, you are going to be known as a fellow of great expectations. From this moment forward, you're going to be known as a fellow with great expectations. And I was thinking about that line as I heard it. I thought, really, that should be who we are. We should be people. We should be men and women and children of great expectations. We should be. That moment where we uh, give our lives to God, we hand it over to him and say, God, I want to follow you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to give you control. At that moment, when we give control to the greatest the greatest being in existence, the greatest thing we can, the God who made everything. At that moment, our expectations should fall in line with who we're serving. So that's what God does. He steps in and gives us great expectations. He's the God of all potential. And not only he's the God who created everything, the God who stepped into human history as a baby, grew up, lived a sinless life, and then gave, gave his own life so that we could be redeemed, but he's also a God who wants to forge an intimate relationship with each of us. He wants to know us personally. That's what Sophia was talking to that guy about, about a personal relationship that she had. And unless you have that, you can't understand it. 
And we want that for everyone. Okay, a personal relationship. So God wants to plant new and greater expectations in each of us. And he wants us to live the life of power to see them fulfilled. So going back then to our story then, we have uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth who've had their expectations diminished over time. They were expecting to raise a family. They were expecting to have children and it hasn't happened. And now they've all but given up on that. Zechariah is the priest. And at this moment in history, um, it's his turn to go and work in the temple, to go and um, burn the incense in the temple. So he goes to the incense where God gives him an encounter. And this is what it says. An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the parents to their children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So Zechariah, he has this encounter with an angel. The angel tells him, um, you know, you've, uh, in fact, there's some commentaries say where it says uh, the, pray, the, the prayer, your prayer has been answered. And some commentators say, actually, the translation there is the prayer you no longer pray has been answered. The prayer you no longer pray. So all those expectations that he had in years gone by, where he prayed and he lived a righteous life and he did all that, actually, it's got to the point where he's too old now. And that's a prayer he stopped making disappointment has set in he's not going to have a family that's his expectation and he's come to the end of himself he's disappointed and he's disillusioned and that's my first point actually is God will give us an expectation that can overcome our disappointment and maybe you guys so some of you here are feeling disappointed with some aspect of your life it could be your work it could be some aspect of your family hasn't gone the way you expected it to It can be even the church. It can even be with God. You have a disappointment. You were expecting something and you don't feel like it's gone the way you expected. I guess my my word for you today is get a new expectation. Get a new expectation. Maybe you're here and you're going through the motions, but really you are almost at the end of yourself. Can I say that that is the best place to be? At the end of yourself? Because when you get to the end of yourself, you get to the start of God. And when you get to the start of God, anything can happen. And he can give you a new expectation. He can give you a, a new, new thinking and a new, um, a new certainty, a new faith. Most of you know that I am expecting a baby in April. And my wife is expecting one too. <laughs> we both are. And this was not planned okay it was not planned I had no expectations none at all if you'd have asked me six months ago you know are you expecting anything you know to change in your family okay nope not at all no expectations around that I already have five amazing kids 
I don't need any more. Okay, that's what was my thing. That was my thinking. I don't need any more. In fact, I thought we'd stopped at three. But there we go. <laughs> I have a quiver full of children. Um, but God had a better plan. God had greater expectations of my life than even I did. And I am so glad that he did. And um, he's planted that expectation in us. And I'm really glad. And I have to, because of that, I have to trust on God. I have to lean on him more. I have to... Uh, be confident that he who began a good work is going to bring it to completion because he will. Okay, so my, I, I have a new expectation there. No, it didn't come, it didn't happen immediately. It wasn't an instant thing. Okay, it took time. There was a bit of struggle there for both Fru and I. We already had an expectation of where our life was kind of headed, and God turned that on its head. And it took a bit of time for me to go, okay, all right. Yeah, we'll do that then. <laughs> Let's have this. And there was, I guess, almost a sense of loss of expectation of, you know, the expectation I carried. Um, but actually, what's happened is I'm so excited. And my expectation is now, oh, it's just up here and I'm so excited. Because I've come to the realisation that this little girl that's on her, that's on her way was not unplanned. I didn't plan it, but God planned it. And it was completely planned. And so my expectation now falls in line with God's expectation. It's a greater expectation, far better than I could possibly imagine or hope or expect for myself. She, was, she wasn't expected, but she is totally expected now. We have a new expectation. And maybe for those of you who have low expectation or even no expectation, that can be so difficult. Um, Mark, last week, he spoke about how a desert is a place of no expectation. You're not expecting life in a desert. But the same thing is the other way around. If you have a life of no expectation, that can feel like a desert. It can feel dry. It can feel like a wilderness in your life. But can I say, this is the word that I felt as I was preparing this message. God has already put seed in you. God has already started a work in you. And so when you change your expectation, there will be fruit. There will be new fruit. Fruit that you can't even imagine right now. And there's a great verse uh, that we find right at the beginning of, of Matthew's gospel. He's in fact, Matthew's talking about John, Elizabeth and Zechariah's son who eventually becomes John the Baptist. And uh, Matthew, in the Gospel, he, he, um, he references a, a prophecy from the prophet Isaiah many hundreds of years earlier. And it's uh, this prophecy. It says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. That was going to be John's role, to make a path for God. But a few weeks ago, I was looking at this passage, and I was comparing it to the Isaiah passage where we find the same prophecy in Isaiah and although it's a similar wording there's different punctuation and actually that different punctuation makes quite a difference in Isaiah it says a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God and if you're in a place that feels like a desert if you're in a dry wilderness place what can you do well here's what you do you prepare a way for the Lord you prepare your heart. You get a greater expectation that God is going to step in. And when you do that, 
You're, you're creating a road. You're creating a highway for God to move down that highway and come straight to you and change, change your circumstances and give you a new life. Is that okay? Okay, so there's, uh, that's my first point. We, we change our expectation, and when we do, um, it can overcome any disappointments uh, that we have. Right, secondly, we have Mary, who has an expectation, and we know that her expectation changed dramatically when she was visited by an angel. Um, and we read this. The angel said to her, to Mary, Do not be afraid. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. So God will give us a new expectation that is bigger than ourselves. If our expectation just comes from us and we can fulfill it in our own strength, actually that's not where God sits. God always challenges us and grows us and moves us on and, and bends us and shapes us because he loves us as we are. But he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay as we are. He wants us to grow in him. So he will give us an expectation that is bigger than, than ourselves, just like he did uh, with Mary, who's immediately, amazingly, says, may your word to me be fulfilled. Most of us would need a bit of time to get our heads around an announcement like that. When Fru told me that we were going to have a baby, I have to admit there was something in me that said, how <laughs> How can this be? <laughs> really? How can this be? And in fact, obviously, I knew exactly how this could be. Um, I'm not a virgin. That, was, that wasn't a, an excuse at all. And deep down, I knew it was all my fault, really. <laughs> and that Fru couldn't keep her hands off me. So <laughs> we know how this happens. Um, but it took me time for me to get my head around it, as I've already said. Mary makes that shift really quickly. She raises that one question, how can it be? The angel tells her how it is. She goes, okay, may, may your word be to me, be, be, may it be fulfilled. And maybe you've got a place right now where you have heard from God. You know God has dropped something in your heart, in your mind. There's a seed there. And you've been sitting on that seed. You've been sitting on that idea. You've been kind of mulling it over, trying to work it out in your own strength, trying to think, okay, how can I make this happen? Can I just say, it's time to let go and just trust that if God's put it in there, no word from God will ever fail. It doesn't say no you know, words from God usually come to pass. There's no word from God will ever fail. And that can be our response. May your word be fulfilled, Lord. I am your servant. Whatever you wish, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to kind of maybe drop my barrier. I'm just going to um, accept this new expectation. And I'm going to accept it. I'm going to submit to it. And I'm going to live in faith that there's going to be a new, a new thing on the horizon. I'm going to run after that. So that's Mary. And then, of course, we have the shepherds who we know aren't expecting much. 
they're in the, uh, it's a cold night, they're out in the fields where they usually are, doing the same old thing they usually do, and they've got no status. They don't really have any expectations of themselves, they're not educated, they're not in any position of authority, they're not VIPs, they're just lowly shepherds. And probably those around them didn't have any high expectation of them either. And we can um, be like that, but God is about to change that. Again, it's an angel that comes to talk to them and says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now this announcement from the angel, this is the best announcement that's ever been given in the history of the whole world, ever. All right, This is a key, brilliant announcement and all the shepherds are going to receive it. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So the angel delivers this message to the shepherds, not to rulers, not to the palace, not to important people, not to the educated people, but to shepherds. And it's a a message that promises a better future. And that's my third point. When God gives us a new expectation, it's to do with our future. It's to do with a future that we can walk into that's better than we can possibly imagine and better than what we're currently living in. So this angel comes and talks to them and there's all these other angels um, that are in the sky as well. But I, I kind of let my imagination run away with me a little bit as I was thinking about this. And I think it's a bit like a surprise party, you know, when the room is dark, everybody's in the room and they're all just waiting there for the person to come in and then the lights go on and the party poppers happen and everybody sings for he's a jolly good fellow and it's an amazing experience and I was imagining the angels all the angels from heaven waiting in the sky and there's a big black curtain in the sky hiding all these angels from view and they're shuffling behind the curtain and there's a little bit of noise they is it time yet can we go out now obviously these angels have been waiting For millennia, they've been waiting for thousands of years. They've been expecting. They've had a great expectation. They've known that at some point, this is going to happen. The Son of God is going to come into the earth and change everything. And they're excited. They've been expecting this. And today is the day. And so they're waiting behind the curtain. Wait for it. Wait for it. Right, open the curtain now. Man, the curtain opens and they all there start singing. Glory to God in the highest. What an amazing moment. And it happens for shepherds and sheep. The shepherds get this amazing show. It's shepherds. And maybe you're somebody who has a low expectation of yourself. Maybe you think, I'm not important. I'm not important. I'm not somebody who can do amazing things. Well, that's what this is is totally about. God's saying, I'm just going to tip all that on its head. What you think is important, actually that's not the way it is in kingdom. That's just not the way kingdom works. And maybe you think, I don't have 
any expectation. And this can, can have been putting you from a young age. It happens at school. Maybe a teacher at school said, you'll never amount to anything or, you know, gave you a sense that you weren't good enough. I remember when I picked up my, um, my A-level results when I was 18 and I went into school to get them. And I really didn't do well. I should have worked harder. I did pretty bad. I got just enough to scrape to the university I wanted to go to. But I got an E in my economics A-level exam. And, and I was feeling pretty... Uh, pretty shameful about my E. I was like, oh, grief. And I was walking down the corridor, and then I saw my economics teacher walking towards me. I was like, oh, good grief. This is terrible. What do I do? I walk the other way. I don't hide. And then I looked up and saw that my economics teacher was looking at me and smiling. He was beaming, in fact. And he held out his hand, and he says, well done, Adam. Well done. I was looking, but sir, I got an E. I thought, maybe he hasn't heard what's happened. I got an E. He says, yes. That's great. Everybody else in the class failed. <laughs> Just as I had predicted. That's why those were his exact words. Everybody else failed. Just as I predicted. And I'm thinking, well, so you're pleased. <laughs> because your minuscule expectations of your economics class were fully realised. You got exactly what you were expecting, and what you were expecting was all the way down here, and that makes you happy. Man, they wrong. And I want to compare that to another moment in my life when um, I was going on work experience to a, to a primary school, and I was working with a guy called Terry. Uh, I was in the black country where I lived, so actually his name was Terry. Um, so he was, uh, Terry was there, and he, he was a a singer in a band, in a rock and roll band, and he said to me, Adam, I hear you're a keyboard player. Will you come and play keyboard for us in our band at the school assembly on Friday? I was like, yeah, all right, why not? I'll have, I'll have a go. And I wasn't very good. Uh, and, you know, I was about 15 years old, and, and so I played with them, and I played terribly. I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know how to play the chords. I didn't know how to perform, it was just a shambles. And I came off and I was just so disappointed with myself and um, thinking, oh, good grief, I'm never going to do this again. And Terry came up to me and he says, Adam, that was brilliant. Well done. That was so good. Are you free on Saturday for a, pay <laughs> for a paying gig? I'm like, really? But I played so badly. He said, oh... Don't worry about that. I know that you'll be playing so well on Saturday. You'll, I, I have high expectation of you, and I know it's going to add so much to our band when you play. And I was telling the previous service how that moment, that one conversation, changed my life forever. That was the moment I started to play for money <laughs> and decided I wanted to be a musician and I ended up going to college doing music and becoming a composer and all, and all that that led. If he hadn't have done that, I can say with absolute certainty I would not have taken that path. But his expectation of me, which was higher than the expectation I had of myself, moved me to a whole new direction. There is power in expectation. There is amazing power when we expect something, not just of ourselves, but of those around us. We can change lives. And my life was changed by somebody who had a greater expectation. And Jesus believed in the possibility of people. We hear him talking to Zacchaeus. 
He's talking to Peter. He gave him a new name because he had a greater expectation of him. Talking to the woman at the well, he gave her a new expectation. He said, this is who you think you are, but let me tell you who I see. To the woman caught in adultery, he said, you know, this is who you think you are, but this is who I see. Go and sin no more. To all the disciples, to Levi, the tax collector, this is who you think you are. This is who I see. I have a greater expectation. And that's what he says to us. Whoever you think you are, you have a different identity in him, in me, he says. I have a greater expectation of you than you have for yourself. Hang on to that, hold on to that, and reach for that. And then finally we come to the uh, Magi, the wise men, who had these grand expectations, going to the palace to see this, to the king, and we know that obviously the, the baby wasn't at the palace. God gave them a new expectation. The reason they had an expectation was because that was where it was always where kings are born, in palaces. It's where history had told them to expect a new baby king in a palace. And you know what? Tradition can be good, but it can also be a terrible thing. Tradition will starve expectation. If you keep doing the same thing because that's the way you've always done it, it can starve innovation. It can starve the new expectation that God wants to give you and starve the new thing that God wants to do in us. The seven, uh, kind of the last seven, the seven words of a, of a dying church are, we never did it that way before. So many churches die, and organizations die because of that mindset. We never did it that way before. Why would we do it differently? Our God is a dynamic God, and he's giving, giving us ideas, and he wants us to be innovative, and he wants us to reach for that band. Would you mind just coming up as we um, kind of come to the end? But you know what? I know that's not us. That's not who we are. At BCC, if you've been here any length of time, you know we're not like that. We're not like that. We don't let tradition and history and models and ways of doing things get in the way of what God is doing. We refuse to let that happen. And you're great people because I know you're like that too. So when we've got these new ventures in the new year, these new exciting things that are on the horizon, we're all so excited. And wherever the challenges are, because there will be challenges, we're looking forward to it because we have a new expectation. God says, behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing and we want to hang on to that. If you're new to this church, maybe you came here this morning expecting, I don't know, a few songs, uh, an offering, um, a few announcements, a, a Bible-based message. But actually, we here at BCC, we expect more than that. We know that when we praise God, when we give him our best worship when we come when we enter his courts with thanksgiving and we come in with praise and we're ready to give him the best of what we have we know because the bible tells us that god inhabits the praises of his people that means god's going to turn up when you praise when you worship god is going to turn up and he's going to do something and when god turns up our expectation can move in line with that okay god's here what can we expect anything can happen we can expect healing. We can expect transformed breakthroughs in relationship. We can expect salvation. We can expect people to give their hearts to Jesus when God is here. It's not about us. Our expectations are not about how good we are or how good we do anything. We have greater expectations because we serve and worship a greater God. Our great expectations are based on who He is, not on who we are. So when we come and that first chord 
on a Sunday reeks out, or when we come to the prayer meeting on a Wednesday, and we come with an expectation. Again, last week Mark said, uh, a new experiences will lead to a new expectation. But can I also say that a new expectation will lead us into new experiences and will lead us into an encounter that we've never had before. So when we come to the prayer meeting, when we come to worship on a Sunday, when we fast, when we come to the offering, let's have an expectation that, this, that what we're giving, we're giving to the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything and he can do amazing things with what we give him in our worship and in our offering and in every area of our life. Are you with me on that? Yeah. We're going to sing a song. We're going to sing how powerful the name of Jesus is. Yeah, yeah go for it, guys. Let's stand. Death could-